0: Welcome to the WWE podcast mailbag, everybody, for the week of Wednesday, July 13th. 2022, although you're probably hearing this on a Thursday, but welcome to the show. Nonetheless, this is the show for you guys to voice your opinions as we are just a couple of weeks away, it's about two and a half weeks away from SummerSlam, the WrestleMania of the summer. And there's certainly nothing short of a lot of information to talk about, a lot of news. Vince McMahon possibly stepping down, Brock Lesnar, uh, his return in the final match, quote unquote, with Roman Reigns. So much to get into, guys. Let's hear from you. Right after this. So in addition to pro wrestling that I need every day, I don't know about you. I need coffee every day and I need quality coffee. That's why I go with coffee of They get fresh roasted specialty coffee roasted the day it ships to your door. Again, it's coffee of That's coffee of V A L H A L L A V A L. H a L L because the owner is a former service member trying to take care of his battle buddies. He donates 50% of the proceeds to stop soldier So order today and use discount code 10 off all one word for a 10% discount or you can subscribe and save 15% off of your order. So go get some coffee again at coffeofvalhalla.com. Coffee of V-A-L-H-A-L-L-A.com, guys. And also donate to a great cause and have a great cup of coffee, guys. coffeofvalhalla.com. This is
1: WWE superstar Drew McIntyre. You're listening to the WWE Podcast.
2: One that everybody wants, me. let Lynch
3: is going to Wrestlemania. Playmore!
1: Playmore! RKO! Oh! Hosted oh! 316
0: says I just
2: ripped your ass. ass is my idol.
0: You're gonna acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag. It is, well, it was Wednesday when I started the show. It's now Thursday. The magic of audio editing. <laughs> uh, Thursday, July 14th, and we're going to get to your emails. You know what? Right now, let's get to the patrons' emails. But before, actually, I want to welcome a brand new patron, David Taylor, who has joined us on Patreon. Thanks, David. And I got you your link to the Discord server. And of course, I'm giving you a shout out right now. So I appreciate your support. And you can join David and all of our other patrons in the Discord chat for a dollar a month for everything ad-free. So patreon.com slash wwpodcast. All right, well, as is also one of the benefits of being a patron is, are uh, the email placement of the show. And you guys get priority placement. So let's start with Grim Reefer. He writes this week and says, Grim here. Uh, God, I hope Liv drops the belt at SummerSlam to a returning Bailey or anyone. Really, I would even prefer Tamina as champion. I can't be... Uh, The the only one crying all the time. And now she's trying to look tough. It's like a spoiled rich kid at public school. She's trying to fit in, but just looks uncomfortable. Yeah, like, I understand what you're saying, Grim. She feels right now a little bit out of place, given that they didn't really have much of a build for her to win this. And she won it in the easiest possible way in terms of the actual championship match. Now she won the Money in the Bank ladder match. But she cashed in at the most opportune time as a babyface, which hurts her credibility as a champion. There's no doubt about it, which is why this match, the the Money Bank ladder match, is tailored for a heel, because you want to take advantage. And I understand why she did. It'd be silly if she didn't, but it also hurts babyfaces when they do this, especially somebody that's never been champion before. I get it. Now, as far as Tamina, I, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far with Tamina as champion. I got to say Liv doesn't feel quite right yet. And we'll have to see if her uh, championship defenses, if she has more than one, are won by luck or that she straight out beats her opponents. So, all right. Uh, Gunther dishing out punishment to Ludwig is fantastic. It's hard to watch, but at the same time, you want him to carry on chopping. It's an interesting dynamic, one that I didn't think that they were going to do with Ludwig and Gunther but it shows you the, it, it, it at least adds depth to their relationship that Ludwig is that committed to Gunther to allow him to punish him for losing and yet still staying with him. That shows you the, the depth of his commitment to Gunther and the level of respect they have for one another. Now, it could eventually lead to Gunther and Ludwig having a match. I'm not anywhere near that. I think Ludwig and Gunther are in the infancy stages of their they're uh, pairing and I hope it's continues for like more than a year before they decide to, to, to bring Ludwig out into his own career. I love the way Ludwig adds a lot to Gunther's character. It'd be foolish, foolish for them to break them up right now. So heel Viking Raiders. I was a bit unsure at first, but after they re- refunded the poo days, uh, ass whooping vouchers, you can't help, but enjoy poo day getting squashed. You know, you won't even say it, huh? You won't even say it. Um, New Day, obviously, right, guys? So I enjoy New Day anytime they are losing. And even if it's in storyline, I enjoy watching them get their ass handed to them. Uh, because I, I just, you know, the thing is, too, The one of the worst parts about the New Day is that no matter how poorly they get beaten down, no matter how viciously they get beat down, their demeanors never changes. That's a huge detriment, not an, not an asset, a detriment to their character. Like Kofi, for example, the worst example of this, the most egregious, Kofi Kingston losing the WWE Championship to Brock Lesnar at, uh, I think it was July 19th of 2019, I believe it was, when Fox first had their show, uh, or for first took SmackDown back, and they actually took fi- uh, SmackDown seriously, and he loses to Brock Lesnar in like 18 seconds, and then the next week he's out throwing pancakes like it never happened. I mean that's just the new day's mo. They are just forever cemented as you know sophomores in high school, and it's insufferable. Finish on the Judgment Day. Finn Balor looks lost as the leader, especially when he stood next to Priest, and his high his high pitched voice compared to Priest is like he's got little man syndrome. Suppose short uh, I suppose a short Irishman with squeaky voice is more intimidating than uh, Miss Mrs. Dennis McGinley. Ooh cheers for for now. So, uh Grim Reefer just took a shot at Dennis. Uh-oh. Well, you you guys need to find a place to settle this. I mean, you got to all have WWE 2K22 or something. Settle it. Um so th- now <clears throat> now we've all just kind of assumed that just based on star power alone that uh we have we have uh Finn Bálor as the de facto leader of the Judgment Day since Edge was ousted. But if you remember, after they did that to Edge, they said that we don't need a, a leader. We don't need in somebody in charge. We are in charge of ourselves. So maybe they actually don't have a leader, which I think is a mistake. I think it's a big mistake not to have somebody who's the head of that group. And so, uh, but I, I would still think that Finn, based on star power, is the head of that group. And of course, you know, having anybody speak after Damian Priest is going to make them sound like a, a child. I mean, Damian Priest has one of the deepest, most commanding voices that I can think ever remember in pro wrestling so anybody speaking after him of course isn't going to have that manly sound because you're talking after Damian Priest so all right thanks Grim. let's see here who do we talk to next who do we talk to next aha let's talk to G-Man and he says I meant to write in last week but work is kicking my butt but Liv Morgan is officially a champion in WWE yeah, I really hope you didn't mean that the way Angelo Dawkins says it, I have to say. I've been waiting eight years for this moment and I'm enjoying every day of it. She truly deserves every damn moment of it. Happy for Liv so much. So yeah, it's clearly edging that video. Okay, so I'm glad you, see, complete opposite of Grim, uh, Grim Reefer is, feels the opposite of you, G-Man. Yeah, you guys <clears throat> have the opposite extreme perspectives on Liv as champion. I fall somewhere in the middle and... Uh, As far as Edge being in that video, clearly, yeah, it is Edge. I'm sad it's not Bray. I think some of us are sad it's not Bray. But I think they wanted to clear that up this past week, especially. I know they did it last week, but I was in denial. But this coming week, or this uh, most recent Raw, they put stuff in there that's undeniably Edge. So, now, what kind of Edge we're getting, I'm anxious to know. I'm really enjoying the Maximum Male Models on SmackDown. I'm so damn entertained and when the G-Man is entertained, the G-Man is very happy. Well, I mean, that's the utmost importance, G-Man. We, we, we aim to please here. And I'm sure WWE is very happy to know that when you're entertained, you're happy. And that's the most important thing. <laughs> so but I agree. Maximum male models. I'm sure a lot of you out there expecting me to come on here when it happened and just crap all over it. And I'm not. I still feel that it's entertaining in a very kind of guilty pleasure way. It's not really wrestling related, and typically I don't like the entertainment-y stuff, but for what it is right now, it, especially with the commentary from Corey Graves, it, it's uh, it's keeping my interest. It doesn't make sense. Like My brain wants to hate it, but I can't, and Max Dupree is entertaining, and what they're doing, I don't understand why they're doing it or what the payoff is. Maybe there isn't a payoff. I'm sure they haven't thought about that, but I strangely like it. It's this. It's very weird. I agree, but uh, when okay, so Brock whooped Chad Gable so hard, he's back to Shorty G. (laughs) I even heard that one before. Yeah, maybe maybe he uh, he did. He uh, he hit him so hard uh, that Chad Gable's back to being Shorty G. Yeah, that would be awful, but it's possible. Lastly, I actually really want to see Theory as the youngest WWE champion. I'm a huge fan of him, but there's no way he's going to beat Roman or even Brock for that matter so it's going to be a failed cash in for him well i understand that now isn't randy orton doesn't randy orton or brock lesnar hold the cha- hold that title of being the youngest champion in WWE history it might be randy orton who beat brock lesnar's uh beat brock lesnar out at like 20 maybe it was 22 23 i got to find out what the uh the the, the person who holds that distinction as the youngest WWE champion of all time. I thought it was Randy Orton who still held that. I could be wrong. But uh, if not, you know, I wouldn't hate Theory as WWE champion. I really wouldn't. And that's insane to say. But number one, they have to be able to come up with the creative to somehow ununite those championships, which I'm all for. And I've said before, I don't care how sloppy the writing is. Just get it done. And once that's complete, then people on Raw will have a championship to compete for, but I actually wouldn't hate it if Theory is it. I don't think he's ready, and I think that they would be putting too much too soon on him, and I don't think it'd be best for his career right now yet, but I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't lose my mind. I think it would be something that they could hopefully get through and help build Theory as a you know another top heel champion, but hey, uh, I think it's still a little too soon, which I agree it's going to be a failed cash-in. All right, let's get to... Let's see here. Alex, the French guy. And he says, hey, Matt, I wanted to point out the subject of Logan Paul signing with WWE. As a wrestling fan, I am the first one to be against celebrity a celebrity shooting the product or not respecting it. Let's be clear. I hate the guy from Jackass coming to WrestleMania. Logan Paul was decent, however. We fans complain about celebrities joining WWE. But when we take it from the root, what was the first thing that WWE uh, I'm not sure what you mean. <laughs> I, I, I'm just gonna get to. I, I, I'm not sure what the rest of your sentence means. I'm sorry. Uh, but you said you heard that right. Cindy Lauper, "Girls Want to Have Fun" and pop idols in 1984 during a match, a, a pay per view match. The same night, the public discovered Hulk Hogan and MTV's, uh, on, on MTV with over 10 million live viewers. In 1998, Mike Tyson feuding with Stone Cold Steve Austin, the guy made the WWE so popular during this era, non-wrestling fans could hear Tyson being, uh, or, or couldn't wait to hear about Tyson being in a WWF ring. I think that the success and the goal of WWE is to establish itself as a pop culture product since its creation. WWE, like when superstars become Hollywood icons, they emphasize that their former superstars are Hollywood icons who is one of the biggest superstars in recent history? Brock Lesnar, an icon in a way in UFC, so a way to legitimize the business. The same plan they want to have with Gabe, Steve, Gable Stevenson. I can't ever say his name right. I want to say Stevenson. It's Stevenson. It's weird. Point is, I think pop culture stars bring a larger audience to the product, which is what I wanted from the company, which is why we'll always have pop, pop culture stars on the product. The thing is, of course, they are better choices. There are better choices than Logan Paul. I'll see you around, Alex. Well, Alex, uh, or oh, oh, you said P.S. What does the expression from Memphis Marks, spray, spay and neuter, mean? Uh, so it just means spay and neuter. I mean, like, fix your pets. If you have a male dog, you know, get them neutered. Or if you have a female dog, get them spayed so that, you know, they're not procreating and, you know, overwhelming pounds or you know, whatever, uh, and, and making sure that you control the pet population. That's really what it's for. That's what that means. Spaying and neutering your animals. Um, so I get it. And I know that it'll never change that WWE's goal is to make money. Period. End of subject. People hate that. Sometimes they feel that Vince should be a charity case. And oftentimes he makes decisions that look bad on the outside, but they are a for-profit model. They're a for-profit business. Their first their first level of responsibility is to the stockholders and shareholders. And of course, the average the uh, sponsors of the show. Fans come second. We do. They don't want to believe that, but it's true. Uh, the, the WWE fans don't want to believe that they think they should be number one. We're not. You know, we, we do certainly pour money into the company with live events and merchandise and uh, network subscriptions, all that. But the number one source of money isn't from WWE fans. I mean, the fans could also be stockholders and shareholders, but most of us aren't. Don't have WWE stock in our portfolio. Most of us. Um, But the number one, uh, I guess, God that they serve, so to speak, are stockholders, shareholders and sponsors because they are the number one source of their money. Look at all of their their uh, financials every single quarter. You know, we are certainly a part of it, but we're not number one. So with that being said, I understand why they bring in pop culture stars. They will continue to do that. Now, it's a different era right now. We know there's no there's no Mike Tyson floating around that they could bring in. Ronda Rousey was a success. Uh, but, and some people fit right in, but more than more often than not, more often than not, it's somebody that comes in that feels like they are not taking the business seriously. They're an embarrassment to the company. They're an embarrassment to the product and they don't take it seriously. And it's like, wink, wink. Yeah, I'm doing this wrestling thing. Right. And Logan Paul, it remains to be seen. I will, I guess I'll hate it. I'll only hate this signing if they try to make him a baby face and he looks like he's not taking it seriously. That's the only time that I think I'll say this is awful. If they if it looks like he's taking it seriously and they decide to turn him heel, which I think he should be because he's not a natural heel as a person, then, yeah, I get it. Uh, and I am more on board for that. Same with Ronda Rousey. I think it's time to turn her heel. I've said that many times, too. So I get it. It's a pop culture company. They will continue to get as many eyeballs on the product as possible. And the dynamic has shifted where social media is where you are able to measure how many people are following somebody. Therefore, how much maybe potentially could you bring over as a crossover audience from that person's subscribers to WWE's product? You know, I get, I understand it. Totally. Good point, uh, Alex. And let's see here. Let's, uh, let's get to, well, uh, guys, I think, I think you know what time it is. Let's, let's take a listen. All right. Well, that, that can only mean one thing, everybody. I mean, I think we know who this is. It is the return of Mr. Dennis McGinley. And he says, hey, Matt, and all you donkey hogs. That's a new one. Donkey hogs. <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. This is your heel, Mr. Dennis McGinley. And it's my birthday today. So hail and bow your head to the head of this show. Well, happy birthday, Dennis. I want to go back to Sunday, the 10th of July. I think I know whom to blame for putting me in the hospital. Don, it's it donkey hog pig name. It goes by Mr. Casual wrestling fan. Yeah. Going to eat all your words come SummerSlam as I can't use the word on this PG show. Yeah. It, even, even if you did, I'd have to censor you. But uh, boy. Okay. You got, a, you got a little program going on with Mr. Casual wrestling fan. It's an, an interesting opponent. Okay. All the words you say or aka research. I can shove that back in the mouth of yours. Also, there is nothing that your missus can freaking do about that. Oh, my, we're getting personal. Oh, boy. Uh, you're, you're going to get a body slam from hell and a kick to your dumb face. <laughs> Look, mister, I'm the heel and the bad guy of this show and what you did, you'll pay for. You just don't know when, you donkey-talking chief hog. <laughs> these are words I've never seen in the English language put together. It's fun. Uh, so, say these words, but that Roman but that's what Roman says why don't you come up with your own blank well I talk I'll talk with you next week Matt I hope I hear more NXT reviews in the upcoming weeks or I might just rant about it on the mailbag for everyone to hear have a great night and take care and get some sleep I'm out well thanks Dennis and uh, NXT got by the way guys uh, the NXT spot is now open if you are interested if someone is interested in taking over the NXT review show on a weekly basis the, the position is open, um it's unpaid right now although that may change but it would be a weekly review of of uh, NXT if you like NXT and you you want to just kind of venture into podcasting or you have before certainly guys send me an email at realwwepodcast@gmail.com at and send me uh you know what uh, or send me a sample audio file and we could get you started very soon because right now the position is open. So just wanted to point that out. Thank you, Dennis. And let's see what else we've got in terms of emails. I don't uh, I don't particularly know what else we have. Let me go into... I've t- I have a couple of email addresses. People are still emailing me on my old email, but that's all good. Um, okay, Rocky T. He says, Matt, just got done listening to the Raw review and I heard you mention Edge will return to take on Finn at Summerslam. But what really caught my attention was when you said he may rejoin the Judgment Day. I hadn't considered that storyline of him rejoining. So I thought about it and came up with this. Pending Edge joining the group, he could come back in a strictly managerial role where he would be the mouthpiece for the group and therefore still elevating Damian Priest and Finn. Yes, Finn is an established name, but he can be still used to push a legendary figure like Edge and bring more meaning and prestige to his own legacy. After they banished Edge from the group, it was stated because Edge's Edge was holding them back. Therefore, him returning to being the manager of the group could give meaning to that statement. And Edge being biased or being as good as he is on the mic, he can find a way to make that sound good of why they turned on him for him to come back and still be the leader of that group. So there is that possibility that he would return to Judgment Day. I agree. I, I think... There is a small I don't think that's if I was going to put money on it, I would still say I just coming back to get revenge. I mean, I, that's what I believe, especially given these promos we've seen the last three, four weeks. They wouldn't just bring them back to just rejoin and not do anything. But there is still that there is a possibility where he says, hey, thanks, guys, for doing what you did. I would have done the same thing. When I see weakness, I immediately eradicate it. I, uh, you know, I squash it. And thank you for beating that out of me. You know, he, he could be a very apologetic and, and thankful that they did what they did and double downing on his heelism. Why not? But being just a manager, he's a good mouthpiece, but he also can still wrestle. So why not use both, right? Like he, he, we know he can wrestle or, or talk. And certainly if he wants to, after his career in ring is over, he could just go back to being a managerial, um, uh, you know, uh, role or he could go commentary or he could be a backstage agent or whatever NXT trainer. But right now he can still wrestle and there's not a whole lot of daylight left on that part of his career. So I would not want him to waste the time he has by only utilizing one of the two massive assets he has. So I would be against just him coming back to be a mouthpiece. He could be a mouthpiece and wrestle if he was to rejoin, but that's a big if. So if edge comes back as a babyface to take on judgment day, of course, we're going to see him have matches with Finn and then have matches with Priest. And if he comes out on top of those matches, then where would Judgment Day go from there? Having Edge come back to only defeat them in singles competition would leave the group with no credibility. And therefore, I would not see them as a threat. Would you? No, I wouldn't. I mean, that's the other the other thing is Edge comes back in the more likely scenario that he's a babyface to take on this group that he created. It's his own creation that turned on him. And then he beats them, presumably. And then then what? Right. Like Judgment Day has already lost a lot of credibility over the last couple of months because of what happened. I mean, it, they were on fire on a track for one of the best run, runs as a faction that we've seen in the last 10 years. And then it just went just petered out. And so I, I agree with you that that would certainly hurt, hurt the group's credibility at, at a, on a high level. But it's already been damaged greatly. So there's really not much left to destroy, you know. I really hope the way Raw ended with Dolphs delivering the superkick to theory leads to something significant since it ended the show. He always reminded me of HBK, the way he took bumps and moved around the ring. He's only 41 and he's in phenomenal shape and can still steal the show. I hope he gets a big push. Thoughts? Peace out for now. Rocky T from Houston. Thank you, T. Rocky T, Silver Fox. Um, Thank you so much, buddy. Um, So, I mean, that was one of the criticisms slash compliments that Ziggler is extremely aware of about him being compared to Shawn Michaels. And I would never want to be known as the next, you know, Sean or the next Austin or the next taker. I mean, people say that as a compliment, I would actually look at that as a negative because then forever you are going to be compared and looked at as a knockoff of whatever legend you're comparing them to. So I understand the similarity similarities, which is, I also think why ironically, but also intentionally Dolph took the, super kick from Sean and just said, Hey, you guys think I'm Sean Michaels? You want me to be Sean Michaels? Then I'll be damn Sean Michaels. And he just kind of, instead of resisted it, just dove into it and said, okay, fine. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take Sean's moves. You know, I think that was very intentional because he's extremely aware for the last 10 to 15 years about where and what the compliments slash, I guess, uh, slights have been on him that he's not as good as Sean Michaels or whatever. He looks like Sean. So I don't know what this leads to, though. You know, there's an excellent super kick, the best one I've ever seen from Dolph, but I don't know where the hell it leads. I don't think if WWE knows. You know, that's also the scary part. You know, I don't know. So, all right, let's get to the final email here, and then we'll uh, take a break and get to voicemails. And this is Jeff from the Philippines. Number one, in less than two months, Ziggler turned babyface when he super kicked MVP during Robert Roode's return turned back to heel when he teamed up with The Miz to eliminate Rey Mysterio in the last chance battle royal at Money in the Bank qualifier, and then turned back to babyface in this past Monday Night Raw. Hopefully, they actually have plans for him to to after his turn on Monday, because given how many times he turned in the last two months, it seems like there wasn't a clear path for him. Yeah, I mean, I I did talk about this a little bit already in the last 10 minutes, but a, a plan You'd imagine that if they put him in the main event of Monday Night Raw leading into SummerSlam, their second biggest pay-per-view of the year, they have to have some kind of idea of what the hell they're doing with Dolph. You you would hope. I hate that the bar is so low that we have to say this, right? But we let's hope that they actually have something for Dolph. This may be like the last chance for Dolph's career for something significant for him to do, uh, except being squashed by Goldberg at a you know, pay-per-view or whatever. So... I agree, and it seems as if maybe Ziggler's also taking notes from the the, the Big Show's career and turning babyface and heel as many times as possible. Number two, what do you think about the WWE pushing the narrative that the Usos are arguably the greatest tag team? I don't agree with it. For example, what are the other notable moves that they have aside from 1D, or the 1D, Super Kick, and the Usos Splash? They are pretty much the same team from over a decade ago and doesn't have much evolution. Although we saw Jay show some character evolution during his singles run. But when Jimmy returned, they regressed back to their old tag team. Plus their promos don't drive emotions. They'd constantly yell every word they have to say. So, so yes, I mean, the Usos have kind of been spinning their wheels, but they're also putting on matches that for example, the money in the bank, that many people are calling one of the best matches in the last how many years, certainly a match of the year candidate at the very least. So they can still put on, even if you're saying that character evolution has stalled a bit, they're still putting on, you know, if they want five-star matches. I mean, they are capable of that. And that's something to be said, even if you're saying that they have uh, no notable moves other than their uh, finishers, right? But you could apply that logic to anybody. Everyone seems to do the same moves other than what's unique to them in their signature slash finishing maneuvers. Yeah, you know, that's what distincts uh, defines you or differentiates you from other competitors is not just the moves everyone does. Clothesline, you know, uh, suicide dive, moon salts. Like those are all the quote unquote normal moves or the just the the bank of moves that everyone uses. But that's what all wrestlers do. At our, I would argue is everyone uses generally the same moves and then they distinct or differentiate. That's the word differentiate themselves by having different finishing maneuvers so but as far as their uh regression back to what they were i mean they have shown evolution though i mean they've changed up their look uh their um you know their their promos have improved even if they do yell every other word you know they don't always need to do everything different all the time but they're also you know they've been associated with roman reigns which has helped um they got you know they're not the same team they were back when they were wearing face paint for god's sakes though you know so there is that Number three, uh, this is a bit late, but I know you don't watch a lot of AEW. So Cody's promos in AEW for the most, for most of the time mentions Dusty in it. So what we're seeing in WWE is the same Cody in AEW. The fans turned on him during his last year there. He even teased retiring by taking off his boots in the ring after losing a match to Malachi Black, Alistair Black. Some say they turned on him because they see through this crap. That's all for today. Hope all is well there, and until next time. I... Yeah, I don't know when Cody's returning. Likely sooner than nine months. WWE inflates their time so that when he comes back early, it feels like, oh, my God, it's a surprise. But uh, I, I do not like when Cody constantly brings up his dad. I see why fans started to turn on him. It's a little too much. Get your dad out of your mouth. Stop talking about your dad. Your dad ain't here anymore. Make your own career. We understand you're dusty son. You're the son of a plumber. Wonderful. Now stop trying to transparently pull at my heartstrings because uh, you're trying to get over as a baby face. I, I, I really am. I'm already over the Dusty thing, and Cody's not even here right now. So I totally get it. All right. Well, that is uh, it for the emails, guys. I hope. I'm sure I always I always forget somebody. So, um, But I'm just double-checking double checking my email on Patreon and everything else. We're good. Okay. So, I'm going to take a quick break for the sponsor of the show and then we'll be back with voicemails, so stay right here. So, in addition to pro wrestling that I need every day, I don't know about you. I need coffee every day, and I need quality coffee. That's why I go with coffeeofvalhalla.com. They get fresh roasted specialty coffee roasted the day it ships to your door. Again, it's coffeeofvalhalla.com. That's coffee of V A L H-A-L-L-A-V-A-L-H-A-L-L-A.com because the owner is a former service member trying to take care of his battle buddies. He donates 50% of the proceeds to org. So order today and use discount code 10OFF, all one word, for a 10% discount or you can subscribe and save 15% off of your order. So go get some coffee again at coffeeofvalhalla.com. Coffee of Valhalla.com. Coffee of V A L H A L L A.com, guys. And also donate to a great cause and have a great cup of coffee, guys. Coffee of Welcome
3: back
1: to the WWE podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio.
4: Good afternoon, Matt. This is Mike CT calling in. And I just wanted to tell you, Matt, first and foremost, that I called in last week and I gave mad props to Mr. and Mrs. Wrestling Fan. Um, And I think you might have took it a little bit, uh, a little sour. I did not, by all means, mean any disrespect to you because I'll tell you what, you are the reason, your voice, and everyone who is a part of the WWE podcast is the reason I switched pod- wrestling podcasts from uh, the one I used to listen to to yours, and I will never go back to anyone else's. Uh put it in res- perspective, I saw WrestleMania 4, 5, 6, and 7 on closed-circuit satellite in New London, Connecticut, so... Uh, I've been watching ever since, long time fan, and I really love all your stuff you do. So, Matt, by all means, my man, I, you know, didn't mean any disrespect to you, I was just giving a shout out and total props to Mr. and Mrs. Wrestling Fan, that's all I meant. So, to my question, I know you're big on on Gunther, and let me uh, re-say that, Gunther uh, as the IC champion, and I could not agree with you more. So my question is, what are your thoughts about Gunther going uh, up up against Omos uh, eventually and, you know, the Battle of the Behemoths, like the old school days? But my question within a question is, you know, how do you build Omos up to the IC championship level. My thought on this is bring prestige back to the Intercontinental Championship strap to where it used to be back in the day. It's just now it's swept under the carpet and, you know, it's a kind of an afterthought. Now that it's on Gunther's waist, you know, maybe, hopefully this is something to build on Um, and I think you know Gunther and Omos is a story that you know we can look forward to seeing as like a Survivor Series or maybe a Royal Rumble depending on uh, you know the timeline and how they you know manage Omos so your thoughts on that Matt Matt props to you and everything you do love you man you're doing a great job please keep up the great work and look forward to talking to you soon.
0: Oh, well, hello there, Mike CT. And so, if I came across like I was being serious last week, I I don't know. Sometimes I do these podcasts half asleep. I'm not even kidding. There have been many times I have actually fallen asleep or been talking in my sleep while I'm actually not conscious. It, it's bizarre. Anyway, um, but so if you, if I came across that way, that if, uh, I'm not serious. I mean, I'm glad. I really do appreciate that uh, you uh, you like. You know, that you like the show that you went from whatever podcast you're listening to. And look, there's a lot of podcasts out there. I I still listen to other podcasts. And, you know, there's the big ones, right? The Torch. They have great stuff. Wade Keller's great. You know, when he doesn't have ads every three minutes. Um, But I can't really talk. I've got a lot of ads on my show, too. Um, But, hey, uh, you know, I'm glad that you are you've stuck with us and that uh, you're here for the long haul. I appreciate that. And uh, so very, very cool. So the fact that you said that you've watched you watched WrestleMania four, five, six and seven on closed circuit TV um, I think you dated yourself there, Mike, <laughs> um, but no, that also is an asset because you have more wrestling knowledge than probably most. I mean, I didn't start watching wrestling. My first WrestleMania I ever watched in part in part was WrestleMania 13. So when stone cold versus Bret Hart happened, and then of course, WrestleMania 14 with Austin and, and HBK in Boston, but that was really when I started. So you have, you know, many more years than I do, but, uh, so your, your question, though, about Gunther and Omas being a possible matchup and possibly for the Intercontinental Championship. Well, if there's any respect at all left for the draft, that can happen, right? Because they're on opposite shows. Now, as of late, they have completely ignored the fact that there's a draft. And since they've ignored the fact that there's a draft, let's pretend that this match could happen today. Uh, I don't think Omos needs a whole lot of buildup to do this. I mean, they... They've already established him as an, a nearly unbeatable monster. Lashley's the only one that has conquered him. He was in the Money in the Bank ladder match. He had moments where he thought he could win. Uh, he is a dominant guy. He's a guy that looks the part. He feels the part. He isn't excellent in the ring yet, but we also have to kind of change our perspective or change our expectation, given how large the guy is, that he's not going to put on the type of matches that like an Austin Theory does, but I think there's not a lot of work that you need to do to build Omos to that level. I mean, I think people already it would be very believable if they stuck him in on Monday night and said, hey, uh, or Friday night. And he came on SmackDown and just attacked Gunther. Uh, So with that said, there's not a lot of work. Now, if they want to do a little bit more foundational work, have him talk about have have MVP talk about how he's going to chase a championship soon, have him go on even a hotter streak uh, on a tear. Then sure. But I also, I'd be more concerned, not necessarily about Omas, but Gunther, because he hasn't been here very long in terms of the on SmackDown part of things. He's with NXT UK, of course, but if people are haven't seen him before, there's more work that needs to be done for Gunther, I think, even though he's the champion, than does Omas, uh, because Gunther, he's got the look and all that, but he needs more time. You want to build, see, these are the kinds of matchups, if they actually cared about the draft and respected the draft, that you would be fantasizing in your mind about like, oh my God, how cool would that be? Because it feels like two separate worlds. So I think it'd be fun if they stuck the match on, say it happened on Friday, I'd be concerned about the match quality um, a little bit because of Omas's limitations still. And that Gunther, I've never seen him work with somebody of that size. So w- with that, you know that that is a hurdle. But I think that this is something that could happen maybe at a WrestleMania, like you said, or a Survivor Series. Hell, um, Survivor Series is definitely the place you can do it. But the only way you would do it is if, based on Survivor Series rules, that we have a United States champion versus the Intercontinental champion. And right now it's Bobby. So if Bobby and Gunther happen, that's still fun. But Omos and Gunther is certainly, I don't I mean, that, that's got to be on WWE's radar in the next 365 days, you'd imagine, you know, so... Um, yeah, but it, that'd be fun. That's a lot of fun. So thanks, Mike. I appreciate the the comments and the compliments and uh that you are. You have switched over to you've seen the light, so all right. Uh, thanks, buddy, and let's continue on.:
2: Hello everybody. Alex, the French guy here, current European champion, two times European champion. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the subject today. There's very important in WWE right now, a superstar that is very, very, uh, underrated, that is actually the best superstar on the roster. Uh, you guessed it, Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, no, you know, I, I was just joking, of course, but I wanted to talk about Dominic Mysterio because hearing, uh, Matt, uh, talking about, like, you, you will puke if he sees one more time, Dominic Mysterio and his father, Ray, kiss each other on the cheek. I understand the fact. But I have the feeling that I don't know if WWE is going to pull the trigger, but I would be so, so uh happy if Dominic Mysterio turns heel first, uh, grow some muscles. As you said, Matt, grow some uh, facial hair. It could very be, like, a, a good superstar or something. I don't see him being, like, a world champion or something, but, like, a mid carter. And the best way, the best storyline they could do is, like, Dominic Mysterio turning against Rey. That would be so, so sick. And this uh, I would very much like to see. I don't know if they ever did that. I don't think so, since they had the first father and son champion. So this, this could be very interesting, but I don't know if WWE would make that. Uh, I don't know if it's that PG and, but I, I, I have the feeling that they have like an opportunity to do that, to establish Dominic like as one of the, the worst heel possible. Because as of right now, like you cannot tell that, uh, Dominic is like a superstar that you can appreciate first because Like, he came into the business with the name Mysterio, and that is turned off for every good uh, baby face, I guess, that is not, like, made for himself. He didn't do it by itself, by its work, by its dedication. He did it because it was the son of. So this is the good basis for a good heel, I think, and not the good basis for a baby face. So with that in mind, I, I, I really think that's, Dominic has hauled all the tools to become a good heel, like, of course, with big muscles, more muscles, but he's uh, kind of good in the ring, actually. So, yeah, like, they, they could turn him heel, and that would be so, so interesting for the mid-card. And, uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Um,
0: hey, Alex, so I think they got cut off by the three-minute uh, th- three rule, but... Dominic, as a heel, I am 100% on board. I cannot be any more on board for that because I love how you said grow muscles. I mean, that's true. <laughs> the kid is, he looks like he should be playing, you know, basketball, not a pro wrestler, you know, or, or playing soccer or something. He doesn't have a pro wrestling body at all, even though he's good in the ring. That's about all he's got for him and his last name. The kid does not look the part. He looks like he's, you know, going to attend his prom next weekend or something. Um, yeah, I mean, Certainly, facial hair, a new attitude, and uh, bulking up would, would help him immensely in his career. But before that, if they want to turn him heel, hell yeah, Dominic and Ray, there's a lot to pull from, like you said. And something, stuff going back to 2004 that I've mentioned many times about the, you know, who's your daddy, uh, you know, uh, custody of Dominic storyline. With Eddie Guerrero, there's so much they could pull from, and instead they're just you know having makeout sessions in the back before they come to the ring, and and you know just constantly talking about how great each other is and all, all this. It's sickening. It makes me want to vomit. Like you said, so I'm all bo- I'm on board for that. And we saw if anybody's trying to cling to anything, there's a possibility this week we saw something with the Judgment Day saying that Ray's a bad dad and that Dominic should join them. Keep an eye on that if anybody's hoping for that. So thank you, Alex. Let's get to our next voicemail.
5: Hey, it's Kyle of from Baltimore. So I wanted to talk with little about both Bianca and Liv Morgan. First with Bianca, Bianca has, I mean, say it says before, but Bianca said appearance dull as champion. If Becky Lynch is more over than, than your champion, that's a problem. So I think the talk going to change hands at SummerSlam after Becky defeated, uh, Asuka last week, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. I'm making this call before Raw, by the way, so I don't know what's happening, so I would hope Becky will face Bianca at SummerSlam if he gets cut away from her. On the other hand, Lynn Morgan should keep the championship and see how she does as champion. I do not give up on Lynn Morgan just because she wasn't everyone's cup of tea. That's fine, but it's being a push more women on snapshot instead of relying on Charlotte or Ronda or even Bailey to extend to, which is create more women. Now, they just turned Lacey heel. Why would they do that? So, I mean, that's, I mean, well, her character is a heel anyway, because whatever. But so, create more women on SmackDown because that's what they need to do. So, keep live as champion, but take a title off of Bianca. But that's, i have for you to show call that.
0: Hey, Kyle. So, your question, well, really your comments about Bianca being Dallas champion, she is right now. And it's weird to say because she's so talented and she had such a nice run the first time she won, not at this past year, but the year before is WrestleMania, WrestleMania 37. You know, when she won against Sasha Banks, and they had one of the best matches at WrestleMania, if not the best match last year at WrestleMania. Then it's weird to see her now, even though she won WrestleMania, won the championship at WrestleMania again and repeated. People are just very kind of blah on her. And I think a lot of it is People have seen this before. They're kind of maybe ready for Bianca to turn, see what the other side of her could be. They haven't given her a whole, her a whole lot of mic time, and uh, that hurts. And her just constantly sitting at ringside, not not on the mic, not doing anything, talking how she's the est of everything that has ever existed ever. People are starting to see through it, and I think it's time for a change. And I think they could easily do that, where Becky wins at SummerSlam, and then we have uh, we have Bianca do uh, you know attack Becky after the match you know, that can absolutely happen, you know, and, and have her be the sore loser. And then people boo Bianca and then they tear, they have a double turn. I think that it's setting it's right there. Double turns aren't easy at all, but it's leaning both ways there. So uh, as far as live as champion, don't give up on her. Yeah. I mean, I'm not against it. I'm not super for live as champion. I'm not against it. I'm just going with the flow and I'm observing as it goes now, again, the credible way for somebody like her to win as champion shouldn't have been at the most opportune time when her opponents had her weakest to cash in. Now, she did what she should have done, because that's how you win a championship. You'd be foolish not to to do it at the most opportune time. But as a babyface, it hurts your credibility, especially somebody that's never been champion before. So with Liv, I'm kind of a wait-and-see approach for me. So thanks, Kyle. Let's continue on. What's
6: going on, WWE podcast? What's going on, Matt? Bucky D. Houston several here. Checking in again. Uh, so rapid fire this week, I just got a couple of things. Uh, first off, at the end of Raw, I'm sure everybody saw that beautiful, flawless, sweet chin music. Super kick that dog. Delivered to A-Town down. Uh, Mission Theory. Um, I don't check the website for any spoilers or any updates, so I'm wondering if you know any in insight on why he did that. And there's an upcoming storyline. I really hope. Um, I really like Dolph, so I'm hoping maybe he'll have a match with theory and maybe with the money in the bank repay on the line. Maybe Dolph can take it off of him. Maybe not. Uh give me your thoughts on that. Uh, second of all, um I will be at the Raw August first in Houston, Texas, which is the Raw after SummerSlam. So I'm hoping for a lot of good fallout, maybe some returns. Uh, and I wanted to know your thoughts if maybe there's something you want me to keep a lookout out for. Uh, maybe some crowd reactions on certain things. Back when I bought ticket a couple of months ago, Cody and Seth were scheduled to be the main event, but of course that has changed with the injury. Um, I've checked online, the card is not being updated, so I don't know what's going to happen on that Raw. We'll figure it out in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, just keeping your thoughts on that pretty much. Um, and I have one more thing for Mr. Dennis Kennedy. What exactly makes him the heel of this show? Um, I know he's a self-proclaimed heel and he calls everybody done. What
2: the hell.
6: Uh, maybe y'all can just let me know why he's the heel of the show. And other than that, um, I just want to welcome, uh, Road Dog and China the DX collection, uh, action figures to our collection. And just wondering if you picked up on any new collectibles yourself. All right. So that's all for this week. And all right, everybody. Enjoy the week.
0: And I'll talk to you next week. Hey, Rocky T. Hope you're driving safe. Um, No, I haven't picked up anything as of late. And and I've actually been looking at that. I I really, I love my belt. I I really want another uh, championship belt, maybe like in in the Intercontinental Championship, but not the current one. I actually really don't like the way the current Intercontinental Championship looks. I'm a big fan of the uh, Ruthless Aggression slash Attitude Era Intercontinental Championship. That's one of my favorites. I'm looking at that. And the United States Championship. Uh, Those are some of the current one is actually a nice one. Nice looking one. So as far as the collectibles go, I'm looking into it. But so what makes Dennis the heel of the show? Because I guess he says so. (laughs) And he does insult everyone that listens to this show. So I guess by definition that makes him the heel of the show, uh, you know. So, but the super kick was a lot of fun. Yes, perfectly executed, HBK esque, no doubt about it. And if you're going to Raw, the Monday Night Raw after SummerSlam, definitely. I, I'm, you know, I don't want you to sit there with a notebook. I mean, I enjoy the show. I mean, I'm not giving you any homework assignments. But if you could maybe, you, know, you could uh, maybe we can do, like do a show or something and and do like a Monday Night Raw review for that show. And you can give us an in-person perspective. I don't know. Just a thought. Um, if you have Skype, that's how I record my shows when I have a co-host. So just some thoughts here. So how about that? Because I'd love to know what the crowd's really doing. Maybe some signs you see the type of crowd demographically. Who's there, chance that maybe you heard that, that we didn't pick up on that kind of stuff. Like how full the arena is, what they do during commercial break, that kind of stuff, the stuff we don't see that, you know, that we don't see on TV as fans. So, um, uh, uh, oh, and do I think they're going to do a Money in the Bank briefcase match with Ziggler? I mean, they could. They're clearly leading to Austin Theory or Theory versus Ziggler. I don't know what came of this, how this came about. We'll learn maybe more on Monday Night Raw, I'd imagine. Uh, but if that's the case, do I really want Ziggler as Money, Mr. Money in the Bank? D- do I want that, though? <laughs> I mean, Austin Theory as Money in the Bank holder is still fun, even though I think he's going to be a failed cash-in, but Ziggler wouldn't be any better and cashing in on roman like i don't know it doesn't excite the nerves so to speak so thank you rocky t we'll be in touch and let's keep going guys a few more voicemails and we'll call it a day
1: hello everyone this is memphis mark coming to you from mullet manor and uh i guess i've got a little bit of a different rant i'm sure everybody's got great points on the sucky raw from last week but uh I didn't know if anybody had caught the Jordan Grace, the wrestler that had made. She made the remarks about Chris Benoit not being uh, able to hang with wrestlers nowadays. And the response that she got from Conan and and several people that uh, uh, Chavo Guerrero and, and a lot of people really blasted her. And she did the smart thing and reached out to David Benoit which I did not know that Chris Benoit had a son from a prior marriage that is getting into wrestling and he's using his last name, David Benoit. And uh, anyway, uh, she apologized to him and she went live on Twitter or I believe it was Twitter or Instagram. I believe it was Twitter. uh, And they, she apologized uh, for making those comments and, and everything so that's i I was it was a good little interview but it it got me thinking about chris a little bit and then the strangest thing happened to me this is a rant part of it i was looking at getting a little piece of property friend of mine had a girlfriend they've been dating seven eight months and she was selling a piece of property and i thought this is a little little uh a few acres and nothing on it and i was going to get it so she came over the house we did some negotiations and getting ready to to buy the house uh next week and uh my friend calls me and says man the sheriff's department was just here and they arrested my girlfriend well i used some connections and i found out the person i was about to do business with has just been indicted for murdering a child that she was taking care of long story but uh I didn't know anything about it and I was shocked. It made me think of Chris why again. Funny how sometimes you think you know someone and you just don't. Anyway, that's my rant for this week. Uh, spay and neuter, rescue if you can. And as always, I'm out.
0: Uh, holy that took a very hard right turn, Mark. I mean, I'm not complaining. It's just, I did not expect that, right? Like you usually have, usually have a much more lighthearted content, but that's, that's effed up my friend. I mean, so the person you're going to do business with that you ultimately didn't do business with, I mean, because that person got arrested for whatever the story is, I don't know, but they were, they were charged with murder of a child. Uh, yikes. I'm, well, Fate would have it that you didn't complete the business deal with this person. That's good. But still, like you said, yeah, you don't, you just never know. I mean, now everything that we, of course, there's a lot of, there's people in our lives that we just don't know what they do in their personal life behind closed doors, man. You have no idea, right? Like the person you are at work is not the person you are with your friends, which is not the person you are with your family, which is not the person you are behind closed doors. We all show different versions of ourselves to different people. And only that person knows all versions And, uh, you know, not that everybody has a side that is killing children. That's extreme, but yeah, I totally agree. Like you just, you never really truly know somebody only that person does. Um, so that's pretty messed up, but, um, damn. So Jordan grace, I didn't see the thing now. I know David Benoit. I didn't know about David. Um, and I did not know about Jordan grace. I'll have to YouTube that. But, uh, I got to say, if David's getting into wrestling, that's ballsy on his part. I mean, you know, you're, you're carrying a weight on you that you don't need to carry with, with your last name. And I, I respect that he is, you know, not hiding from his last name that he's going out there and he's just saying, you know, nope, I'm not going to pretend to be somebody else. I'm not going to change my last name. This is who I am. This is me. And, and I respect that a hundred percent, but I'm sure he also has to understand that while he's doing that, and that's very courageous and uh bold he has to understand that he's going to carry weight with him that's not his own, and that's just a fact. You know, he can step away from it. People can say, oh, he didn't really do it. It doesn't matter. That name is forever, unfortunately, soiled because of what Chris Benoit did in one of the most horrific tragedies in wrestling history, if not the most horrific thing we've ever heard in pro wrestling anyway. I mean, people have died from heart attacks, steroid overdoses, uh, you know, uh, fights, uh, you know, everything. But to murder your family and then kill yourself, it's just, I mean, especially kids. I've never done an in-depth thing with Chris Benoit. Um I barely mention him on the show. And it's 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 really difficult to to unravel his career from his personal life just because of how screwed up what he did uh was. And so anyway, yeah, pretty heavy stuff, Mark. I hope all is well with you over there and uh maybe do a quick background check on somebody. If you have connections, maybe have somebody run a police report on that particular person before you do business with them, right? It seems like you have uh, quite a bit of connections over there in uh, Memphis. So good stuff, Mark. Well, I guess not so good stuff, but thank you for calling in. So, all right, a couple more and we'll close it out.
6: What's up WWE podcast. This is Randy, the patron. I know it's been
4: a long time. I apologize with, uh, getting a promotion at my job means more work. <laughs> so anyway, I missed all you guys. A uh, couple questions. one, how long do you think they will do the whole Liv Morgan winning the championship? Uh, I think they could do it for a long, long time, hopefully. Uh, and number two, if they do split the pro, um, the, uh, what's it called? The profits, uh, what's it called? Montez Ford, uh, Ford. Uh, how do you think they're going to do it? And do you think they'll just have Andrew Dawkins be nothing or do you think they'll do something more with it? That's pretty much what I got for today. Uh, Thanks again for doing what you do, Matt, and everybody else. Uh, Miss you guys, and hopefully I'll start coming back soon. Bye.
0: Hey, Randy. Well, first of all, congratulations on the promotion. Yes, uh, more money does mean more responsibility. We'd all love more money with not a lot of responsibility, but, yeah, that's not the way the world works. So how long do I think they'll go with Liv? I don't think they know yet. I really don't. Now, it's very possible that Liv loses at SummerSlam, and we get the turn by Bianca, and that's that. Uh, or rather, wait, no, she's she's on SmackDown. I got the uh, brands mixed up. But it's possible she loses at SummerSlam. Now, that said, I think they're also going to go with how the crowd's reacting. I think they're kind of very much feeling their way through this. And as they should, because they put her in a predicament to win the championship that wasn't the most credible way. People have been wanting her to be champion for a while. So they're seeing if the honeymoon phase is short and sweet or if the fans are like hey we're in this for the long term i really think they're paying attention to what the fans are saying at at live events at raw or at smackdown rather and feeling their way through so if i was to guess i'd say at least a few months probably loses it at survivor series or rather not survivor series because there's no title opportunities there Uh, probably late year maybe in at the rumble Um, but, but definitely before wrestlemania she probably drops the belt i'd say a couple of months and then that's it so uh, but hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it goes longer if the fans continue to really, really back her. As far as how do they split the the uh, street profits, I mean, there's a bunch of ways you could do it. Miscommunication, you start to see friction. Uh, maybe Angelo Dawkins, or, or rather Montez Ford gets tired of uh, of Dawkins saying, yeah, and you know, all that nonsense. Uh, but I doubt it. So there's there's a lot of ways you could do it. I mean, miscommunication during a match, they start going on a big losing streak you know, that kind of thing, uh, or somebody taking the pinfall and taking credit for the win after somebody else hit the finish, that kind of thing. There's ways to do it. And, uh, they, they really just pick your choice, but what I, th- what do I think to do with Dawkins? I think Dawkins would be a great heel. I think Angela Dawkins would be an excellent heel. I think he's already obnoxious to me, uh, at least in personality In ring, he's really good, but, uh, Personality-wise, he's already obnoxious to me, so there's not a lot of, of difference that they would make for me or difference that they could do, but keep him himself. Montez Ford is already super entertaining, and Dawkins could be a really good heel. I don't think it's going to happen probably until next year, though. I think in 2023, they will split. How about that? So, uh, again, congratulations, Randy, and let's continue on to our final voicemail for the day.
3: Hey, everybody. It's Mr. Calvin, a wrestling fan here. And guess what? I had to call in. I'm sorry about this background noise, you guys. You know, laugh and work. But that's okay. I had to call in, Matt. I got a phone to pick with you, sir. Every time my man, Gunther, comes out, you have to call him Gunther. Stop doing that. His name ain't Gunther. His name is Gunther. That's his name. You got to put that oomph on it. You got to put that soul into it, Matt. So this is my challenge to you because that's his name, and we got to call him what they tell us to call him. So I want you to try it. After I get done with this, the WWE podcast, we want to hear you say, "Gooster." Say it with your chest, Matt. Go ahead and put it out there. But, <laughs> but enough of that, you guys. You know, I I haven't called in or contributed to the mailbag in a while, So I just want to call in and tell everybody, you know, what's up, and let's go, Matt. You got to do it for all of us. Just say, Goonster. All right, y'all. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, I, okay. It's always nice to hear the casual wrestling fan on the mailbag. It feels like it's been an eternity. And by the way, guys, uh, he took over the WTFW show uh, that I just posted prior to this. I'd really take a listen to that. It was a lot of fun. But uh, you're, you're challenging me. You're challenging me. So, you know, I, it made me laugh. It made me angry. And it made me want to resist. But, 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 but I'm going to do my best impression here, okay? I'm going to really give it my all and instead of saying gunther i will give you the pronunciation you want so <clears throat> i'm going to clear my throat everybody i hope you're ready this is the only time you'll ever hear me say it okay so get your uh, get your recording devices out so here we go ready Yeah. So I, I did the best I could. I hope you guys, you know, I know that it it doesn't really sound great. I, I really just did my best. Uh, I'm, I'm actually really good at impressions. I, I try to really channel Ludwig Kaiser through me. So I hope that it kind of came across that way. I know I'm not great at it, you know, so, uh, I don't know if you knew, but I am really good at voice Im- impersonations. So, um, that's probably what you're hearing there. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Cause that's the only time you'll ever hear me say that. Uh, but for now, I'll, I'll stick with Gunther. Uh, but if you ever want to go back and say, ah, oh, see, you pronounced it the way that WWE wants you to, well, you can always go back to this recording. At about an hour into the show, you guys heard me say it the way that Mr. Casual Wrestling fan requested. So, all right. Well, thank you everybody for uh, joining me here on the WWE Podcast mailbag. You can participate anytime. If you are a first time listener or your longtime listener, the way you can participate is in the description of the show with the email or voicemail number. And uh, that's it for me. I'll be back later this week with the weekend Review. And then, of course, we're back into the, uh, the, the week before SummerSlam. So we are going to get things rolling here. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, if you want to join our NXT or be our NXT reviewer, email us at mailbag at wwpodcast.com or realwwpodcast at gmail.com. Either way, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, for everybody, for participating. And as always, take care. I'll talk to you next time. So in addition to pro wrestling that I need every day, I don't know about you, I need coffee every day and I need quality coffee. That's why I go with coffeeofvalhalla.com. They get fresh roasted specialty coffee roasted the day it ships to your door. Again, it's coffeeofvalhalla.com. That's coffee of V A L H A L L A. V A L H a L L a.com because the owner is a former service member trying to take care of his battle buddies. He donates 50% of the proceeds to stop So order today and use discount code 10 off all one word for a 10% discount or you can subscribe and save 15% off of your order. So go get some coffee again at coffeofvalhalla.com. Coffee of dot com, guys. And also donate to a great cause and have a great cup of coffee, guys. coffeofvalhalla.com. Thanks for listening to the
1: WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. So you don't miss a show, or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.